Chapter Twenty Six of Overruled by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Six: Half the Story. Hannah said, "Mr. Maxwell is a comfort in many ways and a success. She is in her element in managing Hill House. I think you would be surprised to see how wisely she administers affairs there." Her talents ought to be utilized in a much larger way. At present, however, she owes her first duty, of course, to her mother. But the dear old lady grows feeble. Hannah will wait alone for Ralph's homecoming, I fear. "'It was too good of you to plan to let her stay at the old farm,' said Marjorie gratefully. "'I heard the story of the mortgage all over again from Hannah's eager lips. She could not tell me enough about it.' hannah is very generous to her friends do the gossips let her alone nowadays was the next question asked a little timidly the reply was prompt and free ah that reminds me i have great news for you i hope you remember bill sieber and the trouble he used to give miss hannah by paying too much attention to her pretty pupil susie miller she was so tried about it that she enlisted Jack Taylor in Susie's behalf. Jack, you know, always enters into things with a vim, and he prosecuted his duties as protector of Susie with such vigor and success that the girl forgot Bill Sieber entirely and gave her allegiance to Jack. Result? A charming little wedding that is in prospect. I fancy it is to be held at Hill House and if I am not greatly mistaken, you and Dr. Frank will be honored with invitations. Great excitement prevails in regard to the minutest details. You will be glad to know, as an instance of what may perhaps be called poetic justice, that Bill Sieber seems to be chief man. Does that story answer your question? Even the gossips have discovered that Jack Taylor is otherwise engaged. And as for Miss Hannah, I believe she has learned the lesson that diffusive helpfulness is the best and truest kind. She has not selected any substitute for Jack, but has any number of special protégés now, and is certainly one of the most helpful workers they have at the mission or the evening school. Don't you remember Frank used to say, when he first met her, that she was an illustration of energy run to waste? and then Mrs. Marjorie resolved to make her opportunity without waiting for a more favorable time. "'Leonard,' she began, a touch of timidity in her voice, "'I am just the same as your truly sister, am I not? And may I speak to you quite as plainly as a real sister might?' "'Assuredly I cannot conceive of any words from you that I should consider too plain.' I think you must know how I appreciate my place on your list of relatives. She laughed lightly. Do not take me too seriously, Leonard, or I shall be afraid to proceed. I'm going to criticize you if you do not frighten me out of it, and it is a line of criticism to which I am certain you are not used. Do you remember speaking very plain words to me once about poor Ralph and the mistakes I made in trying to help him? has it never occurred to you that possibly you might be making a mistake in the same direction that it had not was evidenced at once by his look of utter bewilderment this is worse than a conundrum he said cheerily 
and i was never known to guess one of those creations speak plainly my dear sister i assure you i am quite prepared for the worst it was impossible not to laugh and several more minutes were wasted in fun then marjorie grew suddenly grave seriously leonard there is something that i very much want to say to you and to say it with delicacy and dignity but the subject matter is so foreign to you that i do not know how to set about it let me put it in plain language i do not like circumlocution i am afraid that because of your kindness and thoughtfulness and perfect courtesy toward one woman you are awakening not expectations perhaps but feelings that you would not like to arouse and making wounds that will be hard to heal remember i am sure before you tell me so that you have not had such an idea perhaps you will even find it hard to believe that i am right but i know i am her listener's face expressed only amazement i was never at a more utter loss to understand one's meaning he said speaking gravely enough but yet with that cheerful air which said you are evidently labouring under some sort of mistake that i can set right in two minutes if you will be so kind as to enlighten me with regard to it marjorie hesitated and almost wished that she had not begun it was so at war with all her ideas of friendship this laying bare the sacred secrets of others has it never occurred to you she said slowly choosing her words with great care that hannah being a woman and having a warm true heart might be giving it unawares in a direction that could cause her only pain and then she felt a sudden irritation against this brother who had heretofore seemed all but perfect his face expressed only sincere perplexity why need he be so absurdly obtuse because he was superior apparently to the weakness of an absorbing human affection need he therefore forget that he was surrounded by people who were very human indeed my dear marjorie he said gently i must be very stupid no such thought has for a moment occurred to me i cannot think indeed i am sure that you do not refer to jack taylor i assure you she is simply delighted with his approaching marriage her whole heart is in it jack taylor indeed marjorie could not help an outburst of laughter though feeling very much inclined to cry instead with something akin to vexation oh leonard of all absurd creatures a man under certain circumstances can be the most so i am talking or trying to talk about you don't you know that you have been very especially kind to hannah of late and that she has not had many friends and that she has a great true appreciative heart can you not step down from your heights of superiority long enough to conceive of the mischief you might do he was silent for so long that she began to fear she had offended him and glanced timidly at his face it expressed only distress i hope and believe that you are mistaken he said at last it would give me deeper pain than i could express in words to cause miss hannah or for that matter any other lady a moment's suffering or to be the means of any misunderstanding 
i cannot think it possible that a woman who has shown herself to be so sensible could however i need not pursue the subject further it were discourtesy to her to do so i need hardly tell you marjorie that i appreciate your motive and have to thank you as usual it may be that in my preoccupation i have been sufficiently careless to set those gossiping tongues of which you used to stand in such fear at work again if so i am truly mortified part of my creed has been that no gentleman should so conduct himself with a lady as to make her the subject of unpleasant remark he began immediately to talk of other matters and held marjorie so closely after that to interests connected with hill house that neither then nor on their return trip was their opportunity to add another word she felt a trifle sore over it the interview had not been what she had planned she had believed that this man who had shown her a brother's kindness always would be frank and communicative with her instead of closing her mouth almost as he might have done mrs kenyon's she said something of the kind to her husband at the first moment of privacy and he had soothed her with the reminder that leonard was not like any other man living and must not be judged by the same rules he lives in the clouds said that wise brother and always did just the warmest human love that he knows anything about he gives to mother and you and it simply bewilders him to suppose that any one could imagine him as having more to give but he will do the wise thing by your friend hannah in some way see if he doesn't feeling that at least she had done her best and vaguely fearing lest in some way it should prove to be nevertheless her worst marjorie tried to dismiss the matter from her thoughts with ill success mr maxwell she saw little of during the afternoon he remained in his room at work on his everlasting book her husband reported and the evening gathering was therefore looked forward to with something like solicitude on marjorie's part but directly after tea mr maxwell went out without explanation to anybody when he returned it was late and marjorie and her husband had been long in their own room after that life went on much as usual not even marjorie could detect the slightest shade of difference in her brother-in-law's manner toward her and it was not until years afterward that she learned how he spent that evening as a matter of fact the textbook that he was preparing received very little of mr maxwell's attention that summer afternoon instead he gave himself to thought and prayer as to his present duty in view of the revelation that marjorie had made to him the more carefully he considered it the more sure he was that she was right and that he had been culpably blind and careless by evening his way seemed clear and he took himself as early as propriety would admit out to the bramlet farm and sat down in the large old-fashioned parlor near hannah whose grave face had brightened visibly at the sound of his voice there were matters of interest to talk about as there always were connected with hill house especially so in view of the approaching marriage ceremony to take place there after duly considering various questions of expedience that had arisen since their last talk 
mr maxwell deliberately made the conversation personal by saying this planning marriage festivities and housekeeping details is queer work perhaps for a confirmed bachelor like myself is it not but i assure you i enjoy it i do not think that even you can take a stronger interest in this young couple than i do i fancy that some of the pleasure of my life will be found in watching others set sail on the stream that i shall never by experience know anything about i like to give a little pull now and then with the oars as by your kindness i am permitted to do in this case the hand visibly trembled that was turning over the papers on which the names of guests to be invited to hill house had been written and hannah's voice was constrained as she tried to say lightly i should think you were young to talk about being a confirmed bachelor you'll be setting sail yourself some day he shook his head and spoke with exceeding gravity no miss hannah possibly i am peculiar i do not profess to know other men very well but i believe i know myself it is possible no doubt for a man to meet two women who at different stages of his matured life he might desire to marry for me there was only one her i have lost and i am as sure as though the grave had already closed over me that no woman will ever share my name and work did she die it was after some minutes of ominous silence that hannah trusted her voice to ask speaking very low that simple question no she lived and married and is a happy and honored wife and never knew and will never know what she was to me you my friend are the only person to whom i have ever deliberately told my story you know of course that i have a reason for thus laying bare my heart let me tell you briefly what it is i have plans connected with this scheme of ours that will involve a much greater money outlay than we have had thus far you have managed admirably with what there was but of course you know that hill house has been trammelled in many ways for want of an assured financial basis my salary as a teacher is more than sufficient for my personal wishes and entirely separate from that there is a small fortune that i inherited with unlimited rights my mother and brother are both so situated as to money that there is not a reasonable fear of their ever needing any of mine such being the case i have determined to make hill house a permanent place where we can at leisure experiment on some of our ideas i say we in connection with it all because i fully realize that while some of us have furnished the money it is really your patient and persistent thought and care that have made it the success that it is i know your heart must be truly committed to the enterprise i have intruded my personal affairs upon you because i foresaw that you would have criticisms to answer with regard to what some people will consider a lavish use of means and i feared that your own thoughtful heart might be troubled about a possible future so i determined to make very plain to you that no future ties of mine would ever call in question my right to thus dispose of my stewardship am i not right miss hannah in committing you unreservedly to this enterprise and believing that you will give it all the time and strength that you can spare from higher duties 
he did not make a very long tarry after that believing that neither hannah nor himself were in the mood for commonplaces neither was he ready for his room and bed instead he walked away beyond the bramlet farm out into the quiet country the night was warm and still and the moonlight brilliant it all brought vividly back to mr maxwell's mind a walk that he had taken with marjorie years before she had been frightened at finding herself alone on the lonely street and his coming had relieved her fears she had clung to his arm all in a tremble for a minute and he had felt then and there the mysterious thrill of soul that comes sometimes to link another soul to one's own he put the thought quietly from him marjorie was his sister god bless her all the past had been lived through and put away he thought of hannah and walked back past the bramlet farm a light still burned in the room that he chanced to have discovered was hannah's own poor hannah he had done the best that he knew to cover over a mistake that marjorie believed he had made there was a dull pain at his heart as the belief thrust itself upon him that marjorie was right how could he have been so careless and cruel there was but one thing left for him to do for hannah he walked slowly back along the country road praying hannah bramlett sat in her little low-backed rocker bolt upright hands clasped in her lap no tears on her face nor in her eyes this was not the time for tears she had her own heart's secret to struggle with and bury how glad she was that it was all her own it seemed to her that she must have died had anybody known she had not realized what had happened to her until mr maxwell's own words had revealed herself to herself how good he had been and unselfish and true just as he always was to think of any one preferring anybody to him hannah tried to be true to her friends even in her thoughts well for her that she was not and knew that she was not at the mercy of a hopeless love so that her life must be ruined and the lives of others marred in consequence she must rise above this thing as a matter of course she must remember first of all that she had given her heart to the lord jesus christ and was his body and soul for time and for eternity even before she went to her knees she had settled it she would live her life the busy helpful life that mr maxwell's generosity made possible and prove to herself as well as to others that grace was sufficient when mr maxwell found that the small light in the eastern window of the bramlett farmhouse had disappeared he went home i was so astonished the other night over what you planned to do that i did not answer you very clearly i think i'll help at hill house in any way that you think i can and be glad of the chance i will give my life to it this was what hannah bramlett said to mr maxwell the next time she met him after a moment during which she had flushed and paled and cleared her voice as though she had more to say when she could trust herself to say it she had interrupted the kindly commonplaces with which mr maxwell was answering her to add and mr maxwell i thank you for telling me what you did the other night 
it was kind of you i won't ever forget it this was the only reference that either of the two persons concerned ever made to that important evening in their lives end of chapter twenty six